So, how's everyone doing? Here's part two. Um, so, if you listened to part one, you heard all kinds of fun excitement. You heard some stories, back and forth. I feel like I might have hogged a little bit more time than I should have, but, you know, thus is the nature of the beast, and I have a podcast because I like to hear myself talk. Duh. So, without further ado, I'm just going to jump right into it. Here's part two of my podcast interview with Kaylee Drain. There you okay, go. Because I see you eyeing the monitor. You're like, huh? <laughs> um, I suffer from shiny object syndrome. If something is like moving or lit up, I'm like, ooh. It's always, <laughs> it's always scantily clad boys. Always. Always. That's all, all I really you care about. You suffer from scantily clad boys syndrome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, as we were so, talking about. Yeah, so I think it is important. And I think mm-hmm. that's why like, and now we can kind of paying hear, musicians. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> so before we get into the recording date mm-hmm. and and that, uh, let's let's cover a little bit about what you do. So with you, yeah, as a yeah. music supervisor, so, yes. Because here's the thing, we there are a lot of people <laughs> at some point Hi, that people. may listen to this, <laughs> but but you know I think it is an important next step. So mm-hmm. let's say I'm a composer producer. Yes. Um, I I've been sober, so I can see clearly. You're on track. I realize that all right. I just want to be able to get these things done. I need help. Mm-hmm. What you know, and this is where you can promote yourself a little bit. What yeah. What do you bring to the table? What Absolutely. What is What is your kind of like, in your words? Because mm-hmm. I've been telling them in. I've been praising you every fucking episode. I'm like, Kaylee, she hasn't talked to me yet, but I'm so excited to hear her feedback. Like, I'm like a fucking, like, teenage girl when I talk about you on here. That's so cute. And so... I can't wait to listen to it and, like, blush all over oh the place. God, and then I'm going yeah. to text you and be like, you dick, I can't believe you're saying these things. Oh, no. I'm so well, embarrassed. I, I will say off the bat, I did talk about the, the budgeting snafu. Oh, good, yes. But I did talk about it because it's like, you have to make sure that you cover your bases (laughs) absolutely no it's a life lesson for sure yeah Yeah, so so let's just talk about just in so so just so everyone knows um i pay you a set amount amount a month Mm -hmm. and we have kind of a loose structure of responsibilities and stuff so so what um you can say how much i pay you a month if you you like yeah sure so so tyler pays me a hundred a month and um i think I think a couple of times, you know, when, when we've gotten together several times and mm-hmm. had several long meetings, you know, like extending like, uh, you know, past like, like two and a half, three hours, um, you know, if I put in a little extra time in person with him, like he'll, he, you've thrown me an extra hundred a couple of times mm-hmm. or at least once that yeah. I can remember. Yeah, there, there was, there was one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, like on a, on a vaguely scheduled basis, like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll fund kind of my, my, my role. And uh, in return, I um, I come in approximately once a month, sometimes more if it's mm-hmm. if it's necessary, and just go over everything with him. So he he has this kind of deadline, so to speak, <laughs> um, to to package and produce something and kind of kind of make a little you know a. a just get a little further in his project up to a certain point. Whatever that point is, it's it's for t- 
Tyler to decide. It's not me. I'm not the one over like art, like overseeing this, this project in the sense that I am telling him that he needs to get X done by X date. Tyler already has the incentive to do that. Uh, I'm hard and enough the, on myself. So. He's hard enough on himself <laughs> and he knows what he wants and he knows where he wants this to go. My role is merely to be this, this accountability partner mm-hmm. where, um, I just, just by, by virtue of my showing up and being like, okay, what do you have for me today? And him needing to pay me to do that yep. <laughs> gives him the onus to get stuff done. And I can tell you that this is an, ex- we were just talking about this before we did the podcast, actually, like, you know, when he and I are really similar in that uh, we both, we both get a lot more done when, when someone is holding us to the responsibility to do that. Um, which is not the same as being like a, a beta or a, an assistant or, or someone who is happy in a supportive role. It's, it's not the same thing. He and I are both kind of lone wolf, like visionary creatives who want to do our own projects and, um, you know, want to do things our way. However, having <laughs> an outside person to hold us accountable for getting those things done is the catalyst to us doing it or not. Yeah. So that's my role with Tyler. I also provide him feedback in, in the music. Uh, he trusts my opinion for some reason on his compositions. <laughs> well, not always. And not yeah. always, right? <laughs> and again, like that, that's okay. Like it's, I just throw my opinion out there and he can, he can take it or leave it. Um, and so he sends me files, um, updates on, on the music he's composed. He emails them to me and uh, I take a listen and offer input and we bounce ideas back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he just kind of, you know, goes goes and does the project for a few more weeks, and then we come back together and do the whole thing yeah. over again. So let's go a little bit in the weeds in it, mm-hmm. um, because the podcast listeners, five of them, yes. So I'm not. We we had a record 35 at one point. Wow. But that was because I had a singer on that was a Broadway singer. And, oh psh. And then I fired him. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, you're doing went, down the yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back to five, which is a res- I would like to think it's a respectable five. Um, oh, absolutely! It's your loyal five. Yeah, Listen, and if you make um, this for those five people, what else? So do you? it was. So we together kind of developed a project pipeline, and mm-hmm. and that's and that was so. So I think. I just want to build on what you were saying yeah. because it, it just didn't want it to be so vague that people are like, you just hired this person to hold you accountable. And I was like, well, there's a lot more that goes oh, into absolutely it. absolutely not. Yeah. No, and it's no. also important because it it's going to be different from your perspective versus mine. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's... <clears throat> so so we started with this project called Making Sparkle Pony... Or we started with Sparkle Pony Bear. Mm-hmm. I killed it right before you really got heavily involved. And yes. then we were doing And the Infinite, which yes. was a different musical that I was trying to just wrap up. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of started, for, and I feel like that was kind of the framework of, I send you some music, mm-hmm. I get your feedback from that music, I then further refine, submit the second pass of it, if you will, mm-hmm. to you. You give your feedback. And, and the idea was we were just, we're going to keep going back and forth until we're both kind of happy with it and yeah. we push forward. Um, but the project, because I'd already started it before you came in, mm-hmm. I mean, in the infinite, that show I'd been writing for like five, six years. Right, right. So, so we kind of went, all right, I'm going to start with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. I hate singers and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done working with them. We're and, done with singers. 
And everyone on this podcast have heard uh, many episodes uh-huh. of me going, and this other singer. Um, so what we developed was I came up with the total project, which is called The Book of Arius. And I kind of broke it out into 13 segments. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were actually instrumental in coming up with the final idea. Because when I first pitched it to you, it was so off the charts and was like going to be like a five and a half hour like Mm -hmm. fucking opera. Yeah, it was (laughs) it was enormous. And uh, it, it was if, if I recall correct, my, my aim anyway. And, yeah. and what I wrote back to you was like, you know, um, let's scale it down first. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about, you know, what's a feasible timeline we could put in front of us now before we go like way out there. Was that, yeah, no, that, and that true? And yeah. that, that's what I kind of wanted. That was like the opening point I wanted to hit mm-hmm. was that having you as a music supervisor um, holds me accountable, but it also frees me up to throw the kitchen sink. So mm. so when you're a producer on mm. your own and you're trying to create something on your own, you're constantly worried about resources, right? You're constantly going, oh shit, I can't do this because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Having a music supervisor that has a catalog of musicians and resources already available, we're not unlocking those resources yet, but mm. you have that experience. I can throw the kitchen sink and be like, I wanna do a five and a half hour opera and then you take that and then you kind of bring some more logic and sensibility to it. And you're like, that's great. Yeah. But this is going to take you. F- I think you were like, this is going to take you forever to do. You're, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and and through that process, it's, it's a dialogue. It's kind right. of this really, to me, fascinating creative dialogue where it's like, you're kind of like, all right, hold your horses, really think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then also you were like, also really think about what you want me to contribute. Because at the time it was right. like crazy stories and like, oh, I'm going to animate it. Oh, that's it. right, and- right. You sent so much reading material to me and I was like, <laughs> whoa. But then I was like, what am I going to do with this? You know, like, yeah. so uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's, what it is is that uh, it's sort of this creative director, executive director mm-hmm. relationship where um, that it, that is profoundly symbiotic, right? Because Tyler gets to dream and dream and dream, and I get to take that and say, "Okay, here's what we can do with it." She shatters them. Shatter them. No, <laughs> punch them to the ground. I'm like, this this isn't gonna work. Um, no, I don't do that, and I discourage you from doing that too. If you're ever in this position, uh, the, the mark of a good executive director or pro- or a producer or a music supervisor, basically anyone who's in the role in an artistic partnership, of of being the person who brings it into reality and makes makes the things move, uh, is to not tear down your artistic director, nor should you tell them that's great. We can absolutely do all this. You're not a yes man either. You, you come from a place of support and respect and reality. Oh, absolutely. And so you, yeah. you are bringing the vision in, into reality. You need, to, you need to be, uh, you need to handle both. You need to be a good conduit mm-hmm. of both. So. And I, I think any music supervisor relationship, it's always going to start with trying to figure things out. There isn't isn't going to be a concrete, this is how it all is going to lay out. And so I don't want, like, if people pick up and then Mm -hmm. they call you and go, Mm -hmm. Kaylee, I want you to give me the Tyler package 
they need to realize it's not going to be the same thing. It's going to differ mm-hmm. depending on what style you're doing, sure. what your aspirations are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would not, I, I could never recommend Kaylee enough, <laughs> but, but you know, it's important to know, like everyone's a little Staff different it. and everything's going to look a little yes. bit different in the end. And Very true. so I think one exercise before we get really into the weeds mm-hmm. of everything, one exercise that really worked out and I can't wait to get back to when you feel up to it was I actually produced your, your solo cello song. Yes. Yes. So, uh, back in May, I was invited to go out to the Brighton Fringe Festival in the United Kingdom with a theater company where I was the only musician in, in the group. It was, it was this beautiful little performance art piece slash play. And uh, I took it upon myself to raise the funds in order to go. And as an incentive to my supporters, I, uh, I offered to compose a piece kind of related to the themes of the play itself. Uh, it was a play called The Woman Who Shed Her Skin, and it's about the, this woman who goes into therapy, and uh, she's very vain and, and, and uh, obsesses about her image. She learns how to kind of break free of this, this cage she's created for herself. And so um, Tyler offered to produce it, which was, I didn't even ask him to do it. I just was talking about it one day, and he was like, and I will produce this for you. Yeah. And I was like, what? You know, like, that I should be so lucky. And, and we, we put together this beautiful little project, um, now that we're talking about it, actually, I do want to revisit it. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up for sure. Because um, I think there was a lot of really cool. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, there was a lot of really cool stuff, and and I and I have a a, a great vision for for how to refine it and and finally put it out into reality, and then also create my own project. And I'm, this is why I'm like so glad we're in this partnership mm-hmm. because uh, Tyler has mentioned several times to me before. It's like we're switching roles. So now I'm going to be the, the, the dreamer and he gets to be the, the reality maker. Absolutely. Uh, which is great because it's something I've always wanted to do and it's something that completely terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, you were amazing. Oh, I think thank you. I think there was a subsequent episode where I actually played the, the final cut. Did you really? Oh, oh yeah, because cool. I, you know, yeah, I'm, very cool. I'm, I'm just a gushing bride. Yes, you um, are. <laughs> but I thought what was really important from that that was also... In having a role reversal, it's a relationship where you get both ends of it. So you, mm. it's kind of like, for me, what I the takeaway was reminding myself, especially because everything was focused on something I was creating, it's reminding me to kind of what was important to other people, um, reminding me that <clears throat> you can be as big of a dreamer as you want, but at the end of the day, it's the audience that's going to capture this. Like, if you really just want to sit all sit around and dream all day, that's fine. But if you want to create something and have it actually be tangible that, that expresses what you're really dreaming about, you kind of have to, like, do something else, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's my huge takeaway. And I think my hope was, in parting with you, not only that this is something I want to keep doing because I really enjoy yeah. your cello movements, yeah. um, was also to kind of show you the other side mm-hmm. of the angle so that when we were working on some of my compositions, you had a little bit more understanding of my thought process, mm-hmm. but also kind of understanding of, oh shit, this is what goes into this. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, in his, in his beautifully effective way, uh, showed me what, it, what it's like to be the, the dreamer. And then really put my the, terrifying. It's terrifying, and then and then you put that into the hands of somebody else who's going to make a reality. And so it helped me 
really empathize with him a lot more. It helped me kind of see like where he was coming from and probably the things that he has to go through on a daily basis to think of these things and bring them into reality and then bounce them off of me, which is a, a just incredibly vulnerable position to put yourself in. So uh, it made me also just treasure all that more that, that he trusts me in this process mm. because I got to learn and I'm sure this was intentional on your part, but you know, to put me in that position anyway. <laughs> where I could really I did understand. make you tear up once. I think it was only you once. You did. I didn't. <laughs> dude, I was like ugly crying. Like I'm <laughs> tearing up. I didn't want to I say that. I was a mess. I, and it wasn't because I called her a cunt. No, I no, no. It God. wasn't that. <laughs> I just slap him in the face when he told, calls yeah, me that. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> no, he pulled something really, really exquisite out of me where he was, he was just trying to get me to to think about a, a moment in time where I had had, like, we were trying to create this this burst of emotion in, in the music, and uh, so he was trying to get me to to parallel that with an experience I'd had. And and I, I went right there. You yeah, know? Like, it was you, amazing. You put me I, right... I, I w- it, was, it was fascinating yeah. to kind of see you just free yourself. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, open... My, yeah, it was. And, and you provided that space for me to do it, because, yeah. you know, anyone... Anywhere could ask you that kind of question. Well, what's the most emotional thing in your oh, life? Yeah. And I yeah. could have said the exact same thing to you, which was that I had like started therapy to treat depression and been able to say it to them just like I said it then. It was, yeah. You know, like nothing, you know, oh, it's Tuesday. Um, but you would put me in the space to like, you know, understand just how deep of a thing that was in me. And that's when I burst into tears. And then we made some great some great tracks yeah. and i have a nasty <laughs> habit of making people cry not not because i make fun of them because but you usually, hate singers and you oh, well yeah that's different <laughs> that, i have no problem like fucking why didn't you learn your music before you came in here you fucking twat um <laughs> no but i think you touch on a really good point mm-hmm. i think you know uh just to kind of recap with a music supervisor the the monetary end of this adds accountability and it also mm-hmm. adds a little bit more objectivity to it. It's not, remember, it, as I am always preaching on this podcast, it's y- you as the creator are the one with the passion. The people outside of your sphere mm-hmm. may or may not, but it's not their passion. It's not their baby. It's your right. baby at the end of the day. So by paying someone for that l- level of accountability and objectivity kind of frees you out lets you throw the kitchen sink and i think the thing that you're touching on also is about being able to be vulnerable with it um Mm -hmm. i think if you hadn't if you weren't (laughs) this is also where you're fired um no if you oh no (laughs) she's like what no i was joking (laughs) um i think had i not paid you Mm -hmm. i would be more worried about what you thought and, mm-hmm. and not more about what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think by paying you, there's a level of vulnerability I can have because at the end of the day, it's the objectivity and being held accountable. So it's kind of like, and this, all we're talking about right now, it's just the framework to beginning a music supervisor relationship right. with a composer. It's like, you got to have the accountability. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to have the objectivity to it. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be able to freely feel vulnerable in those moments. Mm-hmm. And I think you're amazing at that. And you've oh, done you. a fantabulous job getting us to that point. And so I think with that framework, 
we were able to kind of shell out something really interesting with the book of Arius, Mm -hmm. where it's like, we kind of went from five hour opera and like 50 pages of narrative storytelling to 13 segments, like 13 songs, Mm -hmm. telling a very kind of concrete story, blocking out all the songs to kind of fit certain motifs and kind Mm -hmm. of organizing it, and then kind of creating a pipeline. So... So taking all of Kaylee's notes, it's also really important to note a music supervisor isn't going to tell you exactly what to do. <laughs> no. A music supervisor is there to facilitate and tell you if, you're, you've, if you've gone round the bend. So, yes. so through our kind of back and forth and organizing, we developed this um, to have no singers because I kept hating singers, and I think you were you were patiently waiting for me to come to that conclusion. A bit, yes. Um, <laughs> if I remember some of our our longest meetings, where we're like, you know, you know, this has been a journey at this point. It's been several months. You know, um, it, I could tell it was it was a block in Tyler's creative flow. Um, it was it was <laughs> stopping him from in, in a in a practical way and also in a, in a creative and emotional way. Um, you were having a hard time working with them just in a general sense. And so it was sort of starting to halt the process a little bit. Um, and you also were, were trying so hard to accommodate the, the parameters and the limitations of each of these individual people you were working with yeah. <laughs> that it became more about you again, trying to support someone, but this was your, this was your dream. And just like, you know, by yeah. default, it can't be about that. You, you, you need to find the right people. So um, abs- what it ended up being is the right people were going to just be no singers and, and instrumentalists instead, which, um, you know, not to flack on all singers <laughs> everywhere always. Oh, no, I do it all the time. But don't, for- <laughs> don't worry. I fucking hate singers. Are you kidding me? It's like, I'm so Truth behind. Truth be told, I've never worked with them professionally, so I can't, I, I shouldn't be like, no, they're really nice people because oh, no. I'm sure that they're... They're, they're not. They're, yeah, they're horrible no. human beings. They're selfish, self-absorbed. <laughs> And, and, and truth be told, I have like tons of music from singers, mm-hmm. even within the past couple of months mm. that I keep pushing off because they're like, can you listen to this and help produce it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then I'm like, I just don't have the energy. I'm like, I just, good, I good. just kind of ghost them. I'm you like, should, yeah, I'll get yeah. around to it next week. Oh my gosh. Leave me right. alone. <laughs> I've, I've really learned to, to, uh, to own the art of saying no. Yeah. Oh my to God. Own it. it's, it's not still, a big deal. Yeah. Saying no is not a big oh, deal. Jesus Christ. You don't have to be thrown into a crisis every time someone comes up to you with like this big project and this big dream. If it resonates with you, go for it. And if it doesn't resonate with you, don't do it. And if you thought maybe it would resonate with you and you start to dip your toes in a little bit and then like a couple of, you know, meetings or rehearsals in, you realize that it's not for you, get out of it. Yeah. It's fine. You do it in a respectful and prompt manner. You get the hell or they out pay of it you as more. soon as possible. Or if it's if it's mo- if money's an issue, or yeah, if the, or they pay you more. <laughs> I'm half joking, but it's like money talks. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how I got roped into that god awful Microsoft commercial. It was like I didn't want to do it, but then you know, money. When you see a comma oh, in that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The minute you see a you comma see in that comma number, and you're like, check, you're like, yes. Ship it. I'm gonna be Very drinking true. for a month. Mm-hmm. I know. You're like, what? <laughs> what? What? Oh yes. Yes. Oh my god. And then I. Because there's something drugs and alcohol, but still uh, it was great at the time. <laughs> it's great. Well, now in our thirties, and so we're just going to invest yeah, it right back yeah, into now our dreams. Now I'm a responsible adult, and mm-hmm. I have a Roth IRA. 
I do. Oh, that's because you, yeah, you're employed by a real company. Yeah, and Good because Aaron made me. Of course Aaron made you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're also with a real person. Yeah, I, it's always like there are these two counterweights in my life that keep me balanced. There's my amazing partner, Aaron, who at all times is like, what? what? No. Like, he treats me like my dog, Mitch. It's just constantly like, no, 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 don't, don't, get that out of your mouth. And then and then you have Kaylee on the creative Stop side. Stop it. I am not who, your other counterbalance to no, Aaron. No, but in a good way. Like, you're <laughs> no, just, I don't. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like that's, balance. That's it's about balance yes, in life. And it's definitely. about, you know, it's like, I'm not going to spend, you know, 12 hours behind the piano killing myself over something because mm-hmm. I don't know what I want and I'm all over the place. And there's no one here to check me. Oh yeah. And, and I've already said on the podcast, I love the fact that I can get stuff done and then send it to you. Mm-hmm. And then it allows me to have a break. Cause then I'm like, yeah. I can't do it until Kaylee talks yeah. about it. And You're so I'm going to, and that's usually why I'm, when I do the podcast is like, while I'm waiting for you, I'm like, I'm waiting for Kaylee. <laughs> so, so we're going to just go through this. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, so so we were so through working with you, mm-hmm. um, we were able to kind of develop a structure to the Book of Arius. Something yes. that I I don't know if it's unique or not. It's unique for what I've been doing is kind of taking the rock mm-hmm. album format mm-hmm. and turning it into something instrumental with like three acts to it. Yeah. So thirteen segments. It's four four segments per act and then mm-hmm. the 13th song is the end cap it's right. its, own, its conclusion once we did that um we work on a google drive that i had set mm-hmm. up so we communicate digitally through the google drive so when i send her files it isn't necessarily that i'm just like throwing stuff like if there's no. there's excessive things i usually try to organize it um i also was cannot recommend it enough um i got you set up with an email address just Mm -hmm. for the two of us Mm -hmm. um which i thought was great because it organizes things out um it frees you up so it's like more like okay when i'm checking the tyler emails i'm in the tyler account it you know and so i kind of like added those levels of organization just because i wanted to make sure um so so once we got through that the next Can I also just say oh, yeah. to, to the to the point of the Google Drive that's that's so helpful about us having our own like personal one is that the content he puts on the drive it's so much easier to reference and mm-hmm. look through for me. So you know Tyler is the king of content and he's he's written a ton <laughs> of stuff and he's put a ton of stuff out there. Um, and it's good that it's isolated because I can reference it a lot more easily. Were it going into like my personal Google Drive, for instance, oh. I wouldn't be able to find it. Because my personal Google Drive, let me tell everybody, is a mess. Like it's holding everything about my life. So it's just too much. You know, it's too, it's too complex. So like you have this, in terms of your organization, the way that you like, you know, compartmentalize like our material. Yeah. Into the Google oh, Drive and that didn't, really that didn't really happen until after I started working with you. And I think that's yeah. the important thing from a composer producer standpoint is that music supervisors don't hold your hand and do it all. They, they yeah. allow you the gumption to do it. Um, because I was incorporating Kaylee into this because I had a music supervisor, I had to be more organized. But what I kind of realized in doing that was it was forcing me to archive everything I was working on and catalog Mm -hmm. it instead of just deleting and replacing. It was like, Oh, okay. That's how we develop the pass system on the songs was Mm -hmm. because since I have to send you a pass, 
Yeah. I don't, I'm not just constantly editing and deleting and doing stuff. Like I literally have to have these concrete evolutions that I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, so, so to kind of like <clears throat> bring it up to speed. So we started with the first segment mm-hmm. and the first song is always the hardest. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. And so we, and the first song was how we kind of developed this structure. And fortunately when we were doing like the, in the infinite work, we'd already figured out a little bit of the flow, mm-hmm. but this is the first time we were able to tackle it raw, which is what yeah. the whole podcast kind of evolved into. Cause it was so cool. Like I love the process of making things which is why I do a podcast about the process of making things. Yes, and absolutely. So I'd come up with the very first idea, and I just kind of threw things at it. I was like, all right, here's the gobbledygook of everything I'm hearing. It didn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. I sent it to you, mm-hmm. but then I also created an Excel sheet with timestamps. So each yes. row was a specific time marker, kind of just giving you a little bit of the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. So, so just kind of going, all right, zero to minute marker 32 seconds this is the opening these are my thoughts and I I laid it all that way so that way when I present it to you I'm not giving you a score Mm -hmm. instead I'm giving you an mp3 file of what I did and then an excel sheet with all of my markers out and then a section for you to add notes Mm -hmm. and then and then I uh (laughs) I add my own input absolutely and uh that to me it has been i mean you you probably agree with me i think that's that's the best way that yeah we've learned how to communicate mm-hmm. about this cuz it just so plainly marks out the segments that uh you know tyler is is designing the music around um what i mean by that is you know like he's got his creative process he he knows what themes and motives and the way that they move and what like the meaning behind that right i'm coming into it from a, a place of, of knowing much less about the context than he does. So for him to be able to to uh, chart it out in those markers and then tell me like a little bit about them, so you know it could be a, a piece of the storyline that the music is reflecting, uh, or you know he might have a particular question. He's like, I'm not sure that the trans, you know, that the progression into uh, this new section was smooth enough. What do you think? You know, those kind of questions uh, he puts down there, and. You know, if he has questions or observations and he wants my input, I'll always give it back to him. But I also will respond with my just gut reaction, my instinct as to what I'm hearing and how I think it's it's working or not. And that may or may not have to do with your objective or your vision for the for, yeah. for that section of music. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh you no, know? no. I mean, so I've come. She was I, also Kaylee was also looking at me because I was pretending to work. Cause I have my, cause I have my day job. It's a he work from a home like, job. Like kind so. of turned his like arm behind him and just like banged on the keyboard for a little bit. And I guess that's working. I literally responded to my, my boss and just said groovy. Groovy. Just so she knew I was still awake. It's a hard day job, Tyler. It, well, Hey, you work hard for the money. Girl. Sounds good. I, I pounded out. Um, I will say, I mean, it, it, I think what's really helpful in what I'm calling the past system mm-hmm. is that I don't always agree with you no. and you don't always agree with me. No. And so usually what will happen is after the first pass, I get the notes mm-hmm. and I'm usually gritting my teeth a little bit because <laughs> it's like, well, no. And, and this is the thing. 
because I'm paying you mm-hmm. to hold me accountable, mm-hmm. you, you don't hold punches. And I, I've always been very, very like, I'm like, if you start to coddle me, I swear to fucking God, I will dick punch you. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't like, I don't like throwing punches, but it is something that I think anyone that's going to hire you, because mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone after this is going to reach out to you and be like, hire, I, I need you as my music supervisor. I'm a hard ass is what Tyler is trying to I'm say. Not, and, no. and sometimes I, I don't never, mince my ever, words. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think Aaron oftentimes says you're not hard enough, but he does enjoy because he can always tell when you've given me a critique mm-hmm. that like made me think. Because I'm much more submissive when he gets home, and he really wow. he really enjoys that. He's like, "Oh, thank God, Kaylee." He he, he puts it. Kaylee says what I want to say, but don't have the authority. He doesn't to have the say. authority to do yeah, so, and I do. He loves that. Um, You're but welcome, yeah. Aaron. So so there there are times <laughs> where you you will give me a criticism, and I have to like take a step back. Wait, I want to hear an example. Do you have an example of a time that I said something and you were Absolutely. just like, fuck um, you. So, the, so, <laughs> Let's hear it. so in segment one, uh-huh. when we were talking about the movements that I called the darkness, mm-hmm. the, the minor movements, um, there was a lot of conjecture back and forth yes. because I have a tendency, especially when I'm throwing the kitchen sink mm-hmm. to go very syncopated all over the map my chord structures don't mm-hmm. always make the greatest amount of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that is because I have all these different backgrounds and one of the more predominant at the piano is jazz. So all of my chords in my head are very, very complex jazz chord progressions don't always make sense to the, the human ear. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And, I, I definitely do not have the pedigree to understand jazz harmony. And I think there were, so, so there was one point where in these minor, minor melodics, you were just like, I could, you can always tell when you have more, because it's like, I'll look at the Excel file and if it's like a paragraph, uh-huh. I know it's like, okay, she's really trying to figure this out. <laughs> she's really sitting I'm rambling on and I'm telling him that it doesn't work and here are the examples of what I think he should listen to. Oh, I've yeah. done it before and blah, blah, blah. So. And because I'm such a type A personality, uh-huh. I get very like, how dare she just understand and, and yeah. so what it does is it forces me though <laughs> mm-hmm. to kind of step back and kind of look at it and so 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 for me i think it was an example that i didn't take it lightly where it was that and i there's a couple of other moments in there but i think that was one that like still sticks out in my head of going like I wanted to literally be like, you don't understand my artistic brilliance. Yeah. And, and then as I was thinking that was when I realized I was just being really full of myself and I was just being very like sensitive. <laughs> um, but what happened was mm-hmm. by the time we got to the fourth pass, I conceded certain points, but I also mm-hmm. knew where I was, I was going to put my foot down. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. so I kind of got into this zone where it was like, slowly our back and forth were starting to make more sense and mm-hmm. everything was kind of buffering out. And I think also what helped was, and as I've explained previously in like great detail, mapping things in notation software. So we actually added like dynamics mm-hmm. and we started, once I started to kind of like pull out the more dynamic elements and how it's really supposed to sound, I think that's when everything kind of brought to life. For sure. But it was really important not to add that until after we had kind of found some middle ground on things. Mm-hmm. Because 
at the end of the day, if it sounds good in MIDI, if it sounds good mm. in the boxes, I call it in the system, it will only sound better with live instruments. Right. So, exactly. so the hope was to kind of fine tune this, figure this out mm-hmm. and slowly hack away till we finally got to a point where we were both like, yes, mm-hmm. there we go. Mm-hmm. Now we've hit, at least in my head, I feel like we've hit it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, the last pass, I was like very, very, we were very like, into. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, definitely. Cause like Tyler is coming from a place of, of Tyler's creative universe, which is exquisite and, and complex and deep. And I'm coming from a place and because, you know, one of our, one of our goals that we've talked about, this is why it's so important to have a good open communication line with your supervisor, your partner, whatever, is because I know what our goals together are, Mm -hmm. which is to produce this and make something big with it. So I want, I'm coming from a place of, is this, am I, am I receiving the message from your material? Am I able to absorb it? Do I relate to it? Is it resonating with me? Me being like the layman listener or the, you know, the producer that we end up, you know, like uh, visiting one day, the, 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 the venue that would book a performance of this, you know, just, just with these goals in mind of like when this becomes a thing in reality, you know, how, how are we going to be able to mobilize this? And uh, that's not to say that the music needs to be watered down or altered even in any way, but, you know, I want to... I'm coming to a place of like, if this is going to be a project that exists in the world, you know, the thing that will give it meaning is, is that it's a message for someone, even if that's like one person out there. And I think you agree with me, right? You want this to be something that people can relate to oh, yeah. right? this project. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, that's my position when I interpret mm-hmm. the music and, um, so finding the middle ground between Tyler's vision and my and my stance <laughs> so and practicality, and neither neither are right or wrong, or they they're just like this 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 sort of yin and yang yeah. to each other to sort of find that 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 find the package that the art ends up being. You yeah, know? and so I feel like where we came to was the fourth pass. Yes, it's a four pass system in my head because. As a composer, you can spend your entire life working on one movement and never get anywhere with it because mm-hmm. there's always something, right? Right. So you have to find that, that there's that sweet spot in a piece of music when you know it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are things that you would go back and change, but that's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. To me, it's always about the imperfections, like especially yeah. as a producer. I love grit. I love... Mm-hmm. <laughs> distortion. I also think, you know, it's important to honor ourselves as craftsmen and like artists and, and actually just, just put the music out there mm-hmm. and not overdwell on it because you can end up just eating your own babies that way by <laughs> overthinking and over intellectualizing it. And, you know, like, uh, you know, one of my, my mentors, uh, Christian house is jazz violinist. You know, he, he said it so succinctly to me recently. He was like, just don't get precious about your shit. Oh yeah. You know, don't be like, <laughs> oh but I'm just so scared to do this you know we all have those fears we're all like feeling so vulnerable and 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 you know it's not perfect yet I can't put it out there it's, I, I know it's somewhere in my head I just need to work on it harder and then before you know it you you've you've just completely atrophied your entire career because oh, yeah. you, you're too afraid it's called me in my 20s <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's called us in our 20s yeah, you know? well, yeah. I did didn't want to throw you down that well, but yeah, oh, no, no, it's no. like, oh my god. And so we we kind of had we we built up like a four pass system. After mm-hmm. the fourth pass, 
is when I've gone in, I've completely scored it in finale, and I now I'm presenting you a PDF of yes. the score yes. to look at. Um, and so, and correct me if I'm wrong. So this is the other thing. The reason I've it's really important for me to have like a Google Drive with an Excel sheet and document is I sometimes don't interpret what things are said correctly you can ask Aaron this is always the case he's like he's like I never told you that and I was oh. like I could have sworn that's what you meant uh-huh. he's like he's like no you just wanted to hear that and so it's always important to have for me to have these references so I can always read them back and be like oh oh yeah I think that's so important I think that's so <laughs> these are not like conversations about a grocery list or having no. I mean, these are these are incredibly complex you know, ideas and big projects that we're figuring out. So, you know, that being yeah. said, <clears throat> yes, and I completely and, and to agree give and relate you credit, to credit you because you're a brilliant musician, you're able to go th- go in the weeds in a musical language with me. Like, mm-hmm. like we're kind of we're we're high we're kind of glossing over a little bit, but we get pretty heavy. Like this mm-hmm. A minor trio does this and this and this, and you're like, I yeah. don't think that that melodic line makes sense when. Like you yeah, know, when you like, bring the motive back here, like blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah, so you know, so there's context. a lot of heavy technical stuff, and I don't usually go that far on the podcast because mm-hmm. you know that's like tradecraft, like secrets. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, maybe I'm if pretty, our fan base wants us to, you know, just leave yeah. some questions. And then I I did do <laughs> one an episode where I showed them like a typical day, and uh-huh. I broke out on the second pass mm-hmm. or the second segment before I've built out the second pass that I still have to mm-hmm. send you. I showed them how yeah. I kind of alter and kind of figure stuff out. But Well, I think depending on what your goals are, you know, if you have a project where you want to do something like like orchestrate strings or, uh, you know, flesh out a more through composed or classical sounding uh, piano line, you know, having that knowledge and school t- tool oh, yeah. set is good. Um, you know, and then to the, to our relationship I think because you and I both have a really similar vocabulary mm-hmm. in both our classical backgrounds um to a to a much lesser degree my my kind of knowledge about jazz Tyler's is much better than mine but we also have that in common and then we also have a lot of uh knowledge about other genres and pop and rock and such and and synth and so like he and I are both coming from a, a similar palette of um experience and we both have toolboxes in the music it's just the specific tools we have in that box are going to vary and they're supposed to sure if you and i had the same exact toolbox we'd just be stroking each other's egos all exactly yeah yeah it's important but we have it we have a lot of common ground as well to be able to communicate effectively like you know i i wouldn't go to a for instance if i wanted to 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 produce an ep i wouldn't go to like a punk rock producer because he and I would not even be capable of even speaking, though I am a punk even rock though you producer. are a punk rock producer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay, I let mean, me be a little more niche about that so Tyler doesn't but, associate well, himself with what I just said. Uh, no, like no, a, I mean, like a, is, yeah, an, I, it's because I, again, because I come in with a very unique toolbox, mm-hmm. I don't think you could ever go in with with the cello pieces you're trying to create, you could never go to a producer with that. That was a punk rock producer. I don't, (laughs) because they wouldn't know what to do with it. Exactly. They would be so confused. And I mean, even myself as a producer, I'm very unorthodox as a producer. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm very hands-on. I'm very, I'm very, very in about like the technique. (laughs) I want to know what are your chords? What key are you in? What are the melodics you're driving out? Like I'm a composer's producer. Mm -hmm. I always tackle things from the composition element first and then we 
get into the sounds mm-hmm. and the soundscapes and mm-hmm. the EQs and stuff second. Um, but yeah, and I think <clears throat> what really helped after the fourth pass was kind of getting the green light from you going, this is musician ready. Yeah. And that, so, so what we're embarking on, mm-hmm. the journey that yes. is very exciting. Next chapter. Is actually recording it. Mm-hmm. So typically what you would do is you would either get an EP's worth or a full album's worth, and then you would approach musicians to recording this bad boy. Mm-hmm. I wanted, because because this is like a new frontier, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to be able to mitigate that. Yeah. Um, so instead, what, what we've kind of developed is, let's just test out the first song. Mm-hmm. Let's see how the first song goes. Um, as I've explained previously on this lovely podcast, um, the idea is getting into a studio with real instruments just to record the first song, just to track it. So we're only recording with mics, and then I'll take it back into my home studio and do all the mixing and the effects and the mm-hmm. mastering and all mm-hmm. that that fun stuff. So, so it was important, especially in my relationship with Kaylee, for you to have the accountability to kind of finally be like, all right, this is a score musicians can read. This is a score that will make yes. sense. These dynamics are not overboard. They make sense. You know, it, the, there was that dialogue. And so now that's where we're kind of at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so. then we can get where you fucked up. Oh, yeah. This is the part where I <laughs> fucked up. You didn't really like uh, right off the bat. I mean, it was and it, it was it was an I fucked up. Anyway. We had a miscommunication and we had a miscommunication. That's the professional term for it. Um Tyler gave me a budget to contract musicians and to book a studio. And I took the part of that direction that I was familiar with, which was contracting the musicians and subsequently ignored <laughs> the part where I had to find a studio. Cause I've never done that before. Also, I just missed out on, I just, I missed it. Like, you know, sometimes you just don't hear everything that someone says, but it was on me. It was my bad. So we talked about it and it was, it was, very awkward when it came up and <laughs> it was not awkward because we're friends, but you know, it was funny because, uh, I don't know how it suddenly came to light, but both of us gave, gave each other like a very bashful look, uh, when we realized we were not talking about the same budget, oh, yeah. the same things. And Tyler I'm- all of a sudden was like, what do you mean you, that was only for the musicians. Um, so, and let me just pause real no. quick yeah. because it, it's part of an important like because I, I did go into the detail about it mm-hmm. on, on a previous because mm-hmm. I was more about as a composer producer, it's your passion. It's your baby. Mm-hmm. You better have a fucking checklist of everything you want to cover yeah. with the music supervisor. So the music supervisor is a hybrid there is such thing as a title as a music supervisor. It's always a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a combination of music contractor mm-hmm. and music producer, producer. but right. like music executive producer. So, mm-hmm. so you kind of, you run the whole show, mm-hmm. but because it's my passion, I'm the composer and producer. I need to make sure that we're on the same page. Right. And so I had a very concrete list of points that I was making. I was like, I need to make sure that the, I think at one point I got like, if if the violinists are too tinny, I need to know because I have to get different mics for it. I, I was yeah, like no, the, the kid from Jerry McGuire. The human head weighs seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what you want, man. And like heaven forbid, we we get into the studio and and it's not what you want. 
Like, Which is almost every time I've ever gone into a studio. We, so it's know, like, we have horror stories. And there will, there will always be hangups. There will always be like little surprises and whatnot. But yes, I, I would agree with that. As, as the visionary, it is your job to to make sure that you have what you want. And so, you yeah. know, which is why we check in in mm-hmm. person once a week. Mm-hmm. Is once because, a month. Once a month. <laughs> just kidding. I would love um, to see you once a week, but I think that would be a, a, a bit too much. Yeah. So so I have a, I have a pricing package for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you would like to see me once a week, I'm gonna we, get can, a bill we can later. discuss that in detail. Um, so he checked in with me and he made sure because ultimately... And this is a very freeing thing, but you know, this being his project, everything is his responsibility yeah. to a certain degree. Like, you know, if, if I didn't know <laughs> that I was supposed to record a, a, you know, to book a studio and, and he never checked in with me on that on a philosophical level, oh, no, that be, is Tyler's it, It's me. It's, it's on me. And, and that's also why it was quickly figured out right away. Yeah. We started going through it mm-hmm. and, and that's when I kind of realized because I started asking about the, the the audio engineer in the space, and you just kind of looked at me funny, like, "Why are you talking to me about this?" I know and you're like, "You want? Oh, wait, you oh." And it was <laughs> it was just the oh moment, and mm-hmm. so so just because I have been honest, because also because the, the podcast really is for producers and composers, mm-hmm. and they're gonna want to hire you. They're yes. I know they are because they hear me twenty episodes <laughs> prior to this going. <laughs> Kaylee hasn't talked to me yet and I don't like literally that's how it sounds I'm not shitting you Aaron's heard a couple episodes and he's like dude like you need to like take her out on a date or something like Aaron's like a little befuddled but I'm okay with that this podcast series is called like Kaylee's job review isn't it like no it's called (laughs) Tyler loves Kaylee and is seeking her constant approval like, I think that that was, I mean, but that's why it was like, it's important to pay you. Because there's been a couple yeah. of times where we've talked about it. We're like, well, you're producing this or doing that. I'm like, no, I'm going to pay you because mm-hmm. if I don't, I'm going to worry too much about what you think. Because all I really want is your approval and to love me. And yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. And mm-hmm. so. And I, I only give that out at a price. A very expensive <laughs> a very price. lofty price so so um <clears throat> so just so people don't get the wrong idea mm-hmm. and i was very vocal about it um the hundred bucks a month i'm paying you is purely as a supervisor of what i'm doing the minute we hit a studio that's completely separate like mm-hmm. i paid you this month mm-hmm. i'm paying you next month a hundred dollars that has right. nothing to do with the amount of expenses that go into the studio. Right. So typically what happens is when the supervisor goes into contractor mode, you work with them to set up a budget. Mm-hmm. And then through that budget, you just give them that budget. That's their money now. You, you don't get to haggle. You don't get to squabble over it. You, ha- you cut them the check. And then they pay for everything out of that budget. And then whatever is left over, they keep for themselves. That's how contractors get paid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes contractors will itemize the budget out and then they'll tell you what their cut of that itemized budget is. I don't see it very often because a contractor doesn't want to reveal trade secrets like how much they're paying their musicians. Um, right. So like, like Quinn, Nguyen, mm-hmm. who I was telling mm-hmm. you about, she would never tell me what she was paying people under her. She's like Madame Gao in the Defenders and Daredevil movie. <laughs> She's like, you give me money, I pay. <laughs> I was like, okay, lady, I don't care. I mean, yeah, I, I've never had a, because I've contracted for, for a few people, and uh, 
I've I've never had them ask. They just no. they they just are like here's what I will give you, and um, I, I think that's that's completely fine. If, if one of them were to ask, I would certainly tell them. You know, it's not like I'm hiding anything or lying yeah. or being intentionally opaque. But <clears> I also know my players and I know what Tyler wants. And Tyler is giving me the budget. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna you know make that all work as I see is appropriate. You know, and that's why I take the onus on the initial issue that arose mm-hmm. because. I had already come up with the budget mm. before talking to you <laughs> because, you know, money. <laughs> I was like, mm. I, I can afford $1,500 comfortably. Right. That's what my budget is. I think had we actually had a real conversation, which will happen when mm-hmm. we do the, the rest of the stuff, mm. if I had a real conversation went, all right, we're going to do this one song. What do you think? And then build our way up. It's just talking about money is really rough. Even even in yeah, our relationship, yeah. I get really like Aaron will tell you mm-hmm. like talking about finances with me is like watch me get defensive oh. and be like <laughs> I don't you didn't get defensive at all though oh. like we did talk or is that why we didn't bring it up in more detail yeah yeah because I get really it, I've gotten better because of Aaron because mm-hmm. oh, Aaron yeah. like Aaron like has access to all my bank account stuff now because he's like I need to see I need to see wow, I can't have you constantly hiding shit <laughs> okay um that's a whole other story yeah, yeah, yeah. but but it's it's good it's important to get a, a healthy mindset around money too because yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be emotional um and it can cause a lot of undue stress um so just to like and then to to add to the like the saga of the miscommunication Mm -hmm. with with the budget and everything like that you know so so tyler offered me a larger budget which i immediately felt very bad about because that's not what he was planning on on spending on this project so then what i took upon myself was to really try and find the most cost effective way to make this work Mm -hmm. so that basically what he was offering me past that point was was overshooting what i was going to end up needing and i did Right, so I found I found a, a studio that uh, was is is very has a affordable rate, mm-hmm. and then I did adjust. Sorry, string players adjusted my the, the pay that, that we all got, myself included. You know, not not like a significant amount. It's like fairly negligible per individual person, mm-hmm. just to balance it out. So that yes, I needed a little bit more than the original amount, but not as much as you came back and offered me oh we'll see now this is the first we're talking about this so yeah so by the way because what (laughs) so so what i was at least i thought i was conceding on was Mm -hmm. 1500 is still for you and the musicians Mm -hmm. and then and you still keep that and do whatever you need and then anything additional that's the studio part Mm -hmm. i just i front that Mm -hmm. but it doesn't go towards your percentage that you get out of it so like, got it. so like you got your four string players, you've already budgeted out the 1500 for them and yourself. Yeah. I'm just going to flow the extra that goes to the yeah, studio. I, I get that because you're, a, a, you know, that was also a generous thing for you to do too. Oh, no, no, don't so, worry about it. Don't and so I, 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 I saw that and like, because I love Tyler and know we're going to work together like for a longer term, you know, return the favor a little bit and said, okay, like, you know what you offered me is amazing, but like, we don't have to go that far out. Does that so, make sense? Yeah. So, so Oh wait, no, you know what? I can't math. You're right. The way the system you set up was, was correct. Yeah. So we, yeah. yeah, I was going to say like, you're still, cause you nothing as far, cause you already budgeted out the 1500 for the musicians yeah, so, right. in yourself. So you, you figured did. that all mm-hmm. out. All I was doing was I'm willing to just 
create like an additional budget just for the the studio, for the studio. side just so we could kind of buffer it out yes, and i think here. the studio was like 200 for the yeah. half day yeah, yeah. which and, is fine so it's like he'd put forward like 500 which we didn't need yeah so that that, that 500 really happy. yeah the 500 was like the addition budget but wasn't going to be something no. that you got the differential no 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 yeah, like that absolutely right. yeah but it was fine like an extra 200 at the end of the day to get something right i was perfectly okay with mm-hmm. at the time i was like what the fuck <laughs> but it was really only because Aaron at the last minute decided we were gonna go on a vacation and i was like oh where God. am i supposed to have the money for fucking vacation you fucking god damn it like awkward timing there's always there's always expenses but that's also why we talked about this way way in advance mm-hmm. like it wasn't like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this next week like no. we still have a full like almost a month before yeah, we go we, in we have a month yeah so it, it, yeah. it's a month and so yeah so that's why it was like important to get that all worked out mm-hmm. so so now <clears throat> what'll be interesting and we'll have to have like a recap afterward Mm -hmm. after we record is to kind of figure out our process and relationship in the studio Mm -hmm. um because you're also going to be playing cello are you still playing cello i am still playing cello on that yeah which i'm very excited about (laughs) i well no i love kaylee's cello playing (laughs) i I wouldn't have not yeah absolutely i'm playing cello i'm psyched to play cello on it yeah that's that's the whole fun of being a musician and a music supervisor is getting to actually perform on the oh you're you know, in the like trenches with the troops my, yeah exactly <laughs> you know I don't just do this to be like the the mover and shaker in the back room like no, I love performing no and I, and so so the hope <clears throat> and so yeah so we'll we'll figure that out that'll be mm-hmm. exciting I to me it's like going in a recording studio is like almost like going back home oh yeah it's like it, your place of comfort yeah, yeah I think I mean. It's funny because it's like a lot of musicians get snobby, mm-hmm. like unless it's a real recording studio or blah, 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 or stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but to me, it's like getting the luxury of going in a real recording studio means I don't have to do as much. <laughs> right. Because usually I'm like running the entire ship. Right, right. And so to go into someone else's recording studio, mm-hmm. and as long as they do it exactly the way I tell them... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Damon, yeah. are you listening? So, so yeah, I think... Um, but there's nothing to talk about that because that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so I guess that's next next podcast, yeah, right? Next, next podcast. podcast. Oh, there's gonna be like five episodes before we get there, right? Right. Because right. this is my therapy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Kaylee Drain. For people that have listened up to this point, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, feel free to. You can check me out on social media, Kaylee Cello on Instagram, and uh, Kaylee Drain, C A L E I G H. D-R-A-N-E on Facebook. You can also email me at ccdrain at gmail.com. Awesome. Send me some stuff. We'll talk. Yeah. And I'll reiterate all of that in the beginning of the episode as well, because we've got to put everyone hears about you. I think everyone's excited to finally hear from you. Kaylee, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you, Tyler. This was awesome. And on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I like that. That's our. That's gonna be my new tagline <laughs> before. Now on to the next thing. <laughs> All right. Cue the music. Yeah. What music? Here come the beats. <laughs> <laughs> and again, huge thank you to the amazing Kaylee Drain, who 
took the time. Again, it was like two and a half hours total. <laughs> so I hope you kind of gleaned a little bit from it. Um, I definitely can't wait to keep talking with Kaylee via this podcast. I think that hopefully as more people listen to this, more things will kind of come up. We'll have more questions. Uh, so yeah, that's it. And I, I like that tagline. So here we go. Here come the beats.